Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. So getting sober is like coming out of the deep end of water. When you're a little kid and you jump into the deep end and you're down at the bottom and you're just reaching and reaching for the top and you come out and you're gasping for air and you're just so happy that you can breathe and you get out, but then you're cold and you're shivering and you want to cover up and you want to towel. Whenever you get sober, it's the same thing. You're so happy that you're clean and you're not doing drugs and you can see real life for the first time. But then you look around you and everyone else can see you. And everyone else knows what you did and what you've done. And you have to face what you are. Mm. Wow. That is what's coming up today on Smalley Marriage Radio. We are doing a new series of shows that I will say are all uh, the result of my wife's creativity and desire. And we're going to call these podcasts Your Story Matters. And today, you just heard from Lauren Zachary, Your Story Matters. Welcome to the podcast. My wife, Amy, is here. Yes, I'm so happy. And we have Lauren here in studio. Yes, hello. Thank you for having me. You bet. You're like a professional. Well, she is. She I is. No, I, I I threw that idea for the intro, like just at you, what twenty seconds before we recorded it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like a pro. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's a good this thing is I the don't thing is that Lauren's, Lauren's my friend. <laughs> so actually, when she told her story to me one time, she when she, and she said that I was like, oh my gosh, that is so incredible because everyone has an image of their, you know, that they've experienced coming out of the water and, and, and feeling that, that sense of, oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to cover up and feeling, you know, and when you were talking about everyone kind of knows, knows what you've done or whatever. And and a lot of times people don't know, but you feel like they know. So there's the feeling of exposure, a feeling of, oh my gosh, I've got to cover up. And, and you have to learn how to, I remember you saying, I had to learn how to breathe again because you're used to being like so underwater water mm-hmm. and so much of that addiction it's just so weighty on you and and all your movements are are you know are strains to you and so you have to relearn how to live in you know in, in above ground basically yeah. and that yeah. is so incredible it was just such an such an important analogy for us to think about about what does it look like to come out of that and then how to live in that so before we get too far down the road on Lauren's story, this being the first episode, what was your, like, why did you want to, and, and I'm pointing to Amy, why did you want to do this series of podcasts called Your Story Matters? Because I want to offer hope, and I want to be an encouragement to people that have come out of something that's happened to them. It, not everybody's story is going to be like yours, right? Right. 
but they're going to be important stories. That's why your story matters is important because God is working in our lives. God is working in your lives and people need to have the hope that you, your story brings because your story has work in it. Your story has, you know, it has tragedy, it has triumph, it has redemption, it has, you're thriving and people get to the place where, where sometimes the Bible doesn't feel like, or the Christian life doesn't feel like, well, wait a minute, do just ordinary people, do they actually, you know, are they really happy (laughs) or, or or they seem like they're happy, but are they real? And, and that's one of the reasons why your story is so important because you're a real live person that has a great story, a dramatic story, but you have an everyday story even now, even after you've come out, even after you've been above water, you know, you've been above the water for, for a long time. And your testimony is keeping going. And, and that's one of the reasons why I, I love talking with you. I love being able to do life with you and just know that you're a real, live, honest, amazing, real Christian. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Quite the introduction. <laughs> so. It was. Yeah. I just, I mean, so Lauren, okay. So, so th- we just had this word picture of mm-hmm. what it looks like to kind of come out of the water, but you all along the way, you, when you talk about your journey to faith, mm-hmm. when you were in that addiction and, in and, and there, there were moments and there were things that you were searching for and you talked about kind of your God-shaped hole. Tell, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so in uh, many rehabilitation centers and uh, later on in life I found out what this was. It's called the God-sized hole. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the middle of my addiction, I just knew like I wanted something more for my life and I was stuck. I was suffocating. I was literally suffocating and I didn't know how. And I was using the more and more drugs to to suppress the anxiety and the fear and the depression and all of the things that went along with it. And at the same time, searching for something that would make it stop. Mm. And I wanted something. And I mean, I went to self-help books. I went to seminars. Mm. I went to life enrichment centers. I went to everything I could. I I talked to people. And that was before I even knew about um, having a savior. Mm -hmm. really. And later on, that's what I found out was the God size hole. And Mm -hmm. it's something that only our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ can fill. Mm -hmm. And now I know what that is. And, you know, uh, later on in my journey, I found out what joy in, in the Lord is. And that doesn't necessarily mean happiness all the time. It means just joy in the Lord, even throughout your struggles. Mm -hmm. But the God size hole was just trying to fill it with every single thing I could find. And it's again, comes back to that reaching because you're just reaching for anything you can to get above water and to be able to breathe. Mm -hmm. So that's where that came into play. A lot of people that are involved in addictions and stuff, they say, they think about that, oh, they're so free that, oh, I don't want, you know, that's a part of their, their, the euphoria and doing all that. Oh, they want freedom. And then, so if someone is say struggling with trying to reach someone that has possibly has an addiction and they're, you know, and they're not even at a place of even acknowledging that they have an addiction, what is it, what's the comparison? Does does someone that is in in an addiction, do they know that they're like in slavery or bondage or how does that actually work? (laughs) That's actually a really good question. Um, I believe it's going to differ for everybody. And I believe that uh, most of my addiction was spent in denial. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in denial while still searching. And it's kind of an oxymoron that I say that because <laughs> that is the life of a drug addict, really. Um, you deep down inside, I believe that all drug addicts know that they have something. It's whether or not they're ready to face it, which is where that denial comes in mm-hmm. and where they'll reach for anything else to say, well, I want freedom. Well, I don't have to deal with so-and-so. Well, this helps this. Well, this helps the pain in that. That's all, I, in in my opinion, um, that's all forms of denial and that's mm-hmm. all forms of not ready to face exactly what it is Mm -hmm. and knowing that you have a problem and knowing that you have an addiction Mm -hmm. and that there is help out there for you. And you had someone in your life, Mm -hmm. a friend (laughs) that, that was able to walk that line with you until you were ready to face it. So when you were living kind of in denial and all that, you had someone in your life that a friend of yours that helped you navigate that was was patient enough and engaged enough and and loved you enough cared for you enough to keep you close but yet also challenge you what was that like well um I still don't know how that person did it to this day some would say he was borderline crazy but truly um it was the best gift I could have ever received. It was the true portrayal of unconditional love and not even on a romantic sense in that time. Mm-hmm. It was just friendship mm-hmm. at the time and unconditional love of someone walking with me mm-hmm. and just knowing that they might not have been in that journey. They may not have experienced that with me, but they weren't going to leave me alone. Mm. And that's also what Jesus Christ does for us, which is what we both later on found out yeah. is that we are never, ever alone. But he did some tough love stuff too. Oh, yes. Right? Yes, he did. So um, the unconditional love doesn't mean you're a doormat. No. And he definitely was not a doormat. <laughs> no, he definitely was not a doormat. Uh, he would not buy into my excuses. <laughs> uh, so as an addict, I did the um, the classic gaslighting. The I Tell us the, about gaslighting. So gaslighting is so he would basically call me out on something Mm -hmm. that I did and rather than own up to what I did or rather Mm -hmm. than talk about what I did I instead talked about all of the problems that were going on around me and everything else that was wrong in the world and everything that was against me that would in turn justify my actions without me having to actually own up to or take responsibility for my actions Mm -hmm. and he was really good at catching on to that because I would start changing the subject. And then by gaslighting, I was bringing the subject elsewhere that would just do anything else but put the spotlight on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he called me on that. He was really, really smart on that. And so, so he, so that deflection, basically yes, deflecting, deflecting all yeah. of that. Um, and it would put me in the most uncomfortable situations. I swear, I've never had torture like that. <laughs> and it was, I mean, he would make me wiggle in my seat because he said, "No, we're going to talk about this. Let's talk through this." And I, I did not. I loathed it. It was, mm-hmm. it was skin crawling on me. But. How how was it torturous? Because I'm I'm curious if someone is tough loving, mm-hmm. like it's interesting to me to hear unconditional love, which is extraordinary, and tough love, and you didn't abandon him. Like as the one addicted, you I, I'm fascinated on how you hung in there with him. It was, you know, honestly, it was the one person that didn't turn their back on me. 
So it was the unconditional love part maybe first. Yes. That was like, well, why I, I want that. I mean, I put I him that. through the ringer. I did. Yeah. And I think that there was a part of me that almost did some of the stuff just to see what I could get away with. Mm-hmm. Does he really love me? Yes. Does he really love me? Well, if he loves me, then he's going to do this. Then he'll, he'll do this. And I did it all. I mean, everything. Ooh, bless his heart. <laughs> but um, so there was times that he just the just the things but making me sit through it and he made me examine the inner parts of me that I had shut off for so long Mm -hmm. and those deflections and those gaslightings and those you know I was not ready to explore the parts of me that Mm -hmm. were wrong in my cognitive sense Mm -hmm. you know well you like the the parts that have your moral decision making mm-hmm. and why you do this and why you do that. That's what made me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I did not, I didn't want to see that part. I didn't mm-hmm. want to see the parts of me that were bad. Mm-hmm. And he made me sit through it because you have to be able to see what is wrong before you can start working on it. Mm-hmm. And me, I just wanted to cover everything up. I right. just wanted to hide it, you know, dust it underneath the doormat with drugs. Right. And so that was what was so uncomfortable. But it's like, you know, you have a cut on your mm-hmm. leg and it gets really itchy and you want to pick <laughs> at the scab yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But you can't do that. You have to let it heal. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah. So how so he was able to be patient enough with you and consistent enough with you, but did you ever make it about him? Did you ever turn out you're just so mean or <laughs> you're I can't believe blah blah blah? Did you did you try to do that? Kind of try to in that try to deflecting kind yes. of in a way. Yeah. All the time. Okay. All the time I All did. Right. Um there was lots of name calling involved. <laughs> And, yeah. um, this was before I came to Christ. Right. So <laughs> let's, uh, there was lots of name calling. There was lots of finger pointing. Really? Can you give us <laughs> no. any of those names? No. no mind this... you, we don't have an E. <laughs> Arrogant. Uh, Arrogant. Arrogant Ooh, was a big would, one. Yeah. Would be um, self-centered <laughs> was another one. Would you say those were projections? Like from maybe... The, this unconscious self mm-hmm. kind of being in denial and not liking being loved well, liking it, but then not liking it. Yes. And then projecting. There was, he used to always tell me that when I was mad at myself, he still tells me this to, the, to this day. When I'm mad at myself, I will find what's wrong in someone else mm-hmm. to bring to light mm-hmm. so that I don't have to talk about what's going on with me. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you before we talk about what's going on with me. And mm-hmm. what's wrong with you is more important. So let's get off the subject of me. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I would deflection. do. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, so it, neither one of you, at, you know, this this guy was doing this, and he wasn't even a Christ follower either. No, he was actually agnostic. Yeah. And so he comes to Christ. Yes. And and he comes to Christ, and it's just like a, a, like a light switch, just boom. He, he, he's like... I, you know, and you had actually wanted to go to church. I tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So whenever I had gotten down into the pits, I was in the trenches. And so here I was reaching for everything. Self-help didn't help. Seminars didn't help. Moving to a whole nother city didn't help. And there was a point where I had gotten suicidal and, Mm. um, it was either, okay, I'm, 
something's got to give. And I had tried even going to church a couple times. Mm-hmm. And, and I went to church, and I was like, oh, man, this could be it. And I had mm-hmm. mentioned it to him, and he just kind of brushed it off. And, you know, so that was the end of that. But later on, he uh, had a friend that started sharing the gospel with him and brought him to Christ. And, I mean, it was just like night and day. This man had a light switch turned on in him that there's no off to. There was no off. Wow. Someone set the fire to Christ <laughs> up underneath <laughs> him, and he just took off. He got it. He understood. Mm-hmm. He knew the Gospels. He knew the love of Christ. And it was just something that's indescribable. Hmm. I didn't understand that. You know what's really interesting that you should say that? I, I wonder, and I guess we'll, we'll never know. We'll, we'll maybe ask when we get in heaven. But he experienced the love of Christ in a, almost like a, it could be, almost like in a backwards way because he gave it. And yes. then when he felt it it's almost like then it made him it's like oh that's how amazing that's what god's love looks like because what i've been possibly doing with lauren i get like a hundred times it you know in my own life so maybe there was a part of maybe that's why his light switch was able to like pop on so quickly because he's like wow the love of christ that love that i have it comes from somewhere yes and and it's overwhelming, and it's great, and it's a good thing to give. And wow, and he got to give it to you. Yes. So okay, so uh, sorry, don't mean to interrupt. So he, so light switch comes on. You've now, now he wants to go to church. Yes, crazy. Now he wants to go to church, and I was so mad at him for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. I had this arrogance about me like oh now it's your idea to go to church exactly you know like oh now now it's okay for you to want some god but not me (laughs) yeah that's awesome i was so mad and and he's like well yeah (laughs) (laughs) and he had made up in his mind that jesus was his savior and Mm -hmm. that's the way he was going to live his life Mm -hmm. and uh you know i didn't know it at the time but he had been praying for me so fervently Mm. so fervently uh, for Christ to come to me, and um, out of for some reason, just overwhelming. One day, I decided, and we had gotten to the point where we were going to part ways. And he was like, "Okay, this is the way I'm going to live my life. I would like you to be a part of it, mm-hmm. but if you're not, then this is where we part." Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I was just like, "Well, I've got nothing left to lose." And this is the path I could go down. And we know that that leads to suicide and nothing else. And so, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And that was the very beginning. Did it, did it anger you at all when you, maybe when you look back on when he sort of finally landed and probably wisely, I, I, I kind of feel like I get like, I think for Sean, I get, man, I have invested energy Mm -hmm. with this lady and now I've found Christ, but I know the wisdom of not being unequally yoked, right? So mm-hmm. he's he's like, man, I, do I want to keep making dumb decisions kind of an idea? Was that kind of where it was coming from for him to then finally sort of draw a line and say, look, I'm not going to do this unequally yoked thing, which is so funny. Did he use those words he didn't okay good because i'm like wait a minute we have like super cool people (laughs) drug addiction and now they're talking about being unequally all right so what did he what did he say he just told me that he was not going he wanted to live his life following christ and he wanted a woman in his life you know a potential wife later on um that he could not be with if she didn't have christ as part of her life okay 
And so, and so what was your reaction? Well, was, was there an initial I oh? Was, I was angry at first. Yeah. I was I was very angry at first. I you know, that was my first initial blowing up like, "Oh, now okay. Now now it's your call. Like you can't have me in your life because all of a sudden, you know, you're a Christ follower." And um it was just so funny the way that I reacted and and he was just and it broke his heart and now I look back and I know that it's not what he wanted but he was prepared to take that loss mm-hmm. and you probably felt that yes on oh, a very I felt deep it. meaningful level like ooh because I think you just said it earlier yes like, whoa do I really now I now were you at this point. I'm assuming you guys were dating or living together. Yes, by okay. that point, yes. So, which I wanna I wanna highlight because I want people to hear that the solution to all of it, everything, I don't whatever it is, drug addiction, sex addiction, uh, you know, lying, um, you know, uh, making really poor relationship choices early in life, or someone's, you know, someone's Sean's living with a girl and you're living with him, and it's not what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. but the the solution is always going to be surrendering to christ mm-hmm. and, and so i guess where i get encouraged by your story is you know this is about as low as you can feel mm-hmm. and so like you can't get much more trouble right <laughs> than this <laughs> yep. and yet he still redeems like there yes. is no because you're right i mean obviously my wife and i make our living um helping people with themselves so <laughs> self-help yes and but I mean, we both firmly believe that uh, it's probably not. No, God might use a book. He might use a whatever. But ultimately, if you don't genuinely surrender to Christ and become his disciple, mm-hmm. uh, it ain't going to work. And it's also the solution out of whatever mess we fall in. Absolutely. And I didn't understand that. He did. He had just mm-hmm. gotten it. He knew it. It turned on to him. And it was just the the amount of time from the moment he surrendered to Christ to this decision was just so quick. I couldn't understand it. <laughs> yeah. I did not understand it. But it was just so quick. And he knew that's what he had to do. And it just really makes me think of the disciples, mm-hmm. Jesus's original disciples. And that's what they were prepared to do the moment that he was resurrected. And mm-hmm. they knew what they had to go out and do and were prepared mm-hmm. to make those sacrifices. Amy is the smart one in this oh, marriage. Man. Or at okay. least you remember better. So we were uh, visiting uh, Whittier, Whittier Area Community mm-hmm. Church. Mm-hmm. And do you remember, I was stunned. I mean, all the years I've been a believer and I've been a pastor, <laughs> when when that guy was describing the table, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Uh, of Jesus' Last Supper, mm-hmm. where Judas was sitting. Judas was sitting to the left of Jesus. So he knew the, what, he, what he, obviously Jesus knew. who was, And, and to but, the left was the most honored guest. So he literally honored the person that was going to give you already know, going betrayed to betray him. him. Yeah, already, already had. Him. Yes, already had. I, mean, I get the him. biggest goosebumps. Can you confirm? Yes, Lauren, Amy can <laughs> yeah. confirm. That gives me the most gigantic goosebumps because just think about that. That is so much worse than what anything Lauren's ever done or Amy's yes. ever done or I've ever done. What Judas did, mm-hmm. and Jesus knowing that put him at the seat of honor. Mm-hmm. That's insane. But that's mm-hmm. why he saves. Mm-hmm. Is it not? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so you decided from there, mm-hmm. um, he was going back to Texas, right? 
Is that or to, was back he to R- Houston? Oh, back to Houston. Mm-hmm. Sorry, from San Antonio to the Houston mm-hmm. area. Okay, so you decided, okay, I'm, I'll go with you. I'll try going to church. Mm-hmm. So you, so you started going to church, and when you started going to church, how, what, what was you were like? Okay, I'll try it. Whatever. <laughs> okay, and so then you went once, and then, but you didn't just start just going and sitting in the pew, you like kind of went all in. Yeah. I mean, there's a part of that that you were like, okay, if I'm going to try this Jesus thing, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. So what was that like? So, okay. I went to church and it was amazing, but I felt like I was watching like this little snow globe. Yeah. And I was the one like shaking it and being amazed at how all the snow was trickling down because there was all of these things going on. There was people worshiping, there was people hugging and, you know, being happy. And yeah. I was like, man, this is great. And I feel it. And I was, you know, going along with the music, but I was like, okay, how do I be in that? Mm-hmm. I want to be in that. And, um, <laughs> he was all for it. He knew it. He understood mm-hmm. it. And I didn't understand. I was like, well, why is it my light switch coming on? Yeah. I wanted my light switch. Where's my light switch? Right. And I didn't understand that. And so then I started looking to fill that hole within the church Mm -hmm. because that's where we were going at the time. That's Mm -hmm. what I had decided to do. That was okay. So then there was a call for volunteers Mm -hmm. and I decided to volunteer in the library. Way to go. And that's where, and I met the most sweetest person. She's just so angelic. And she, I mean, I was like, okay, well, I don't know anything about Jesus and I don't know anything about the Bible. Where can I learn? Oh, a place of books. Okay, well, let's <laughs> there go, go there. <laughs> a awesome. learned place. <laughs> there you go. And then um, I was learning slowly, and then I found that there was a Bible study that came up, a women's mm-hmm. Bible study, and I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. And I went in, and boy, I was in for a surprise. <laughs> it was... Um, you know, church was always like all these people hugging and being happy and drinking coffee and mm-hmm. eating muffins in the cafe. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I want to eat muffins in the cafe <laughs> and hug people. And I didn't understand how to do that. And I went into the Bible study and it was just Sunday morning all over again. Like everyone mm-hmm. was hugging and, you know, the, I mean, there was mommy bloggers and there was um, can- Nestle candy representatives oh, yeah, there and nurse practitioners. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I get myself into? Here I am, the drug addict, <laughs> and all of these people. So I went home after that study, and it was great. I just felt like I didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. And I had told him, I told Sean when I got home, and I said, yeah, it's not really for me. It's not my cup of tea. And he just kind of says, okay. You know, this all-knowing okay, this all-knowing <laughs> response. Yeah, like, you're like, And I'm like, wait, you're not going to argue with me? You're not going right. to try to push this on me? What's going on? And mm-hmm. he was just like, okay. So then later on, throughout the week, just something started rattling in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you need to go back. So I said, I told Sean, I said, okay, I'm going to go back. And I'm going to try it out one more time. And, of course, he's got this all-knowing okay <laughs> response. And uh, I did go back. And my mentality was not – it wasn't really genuine. Mm-hmm. It was kind of prideful. And it mm-hmm. was like, well, I'm just going to see how – Christian these people are mm-hmm. and I'm going to see what this is all about because I'm going to tell them I'm a drug addict. There you go. I'm going to tell them this is what's going on and then we're just going to see because I was expecting the looks of disdain and I was expecting looks of pity and I was expecting all of this but that's not what I got. I got hugs and tears and joy and welcoming and I started crying and then I got like people were thanking me for coming in and they just said you're not going anywhere. Wow. We're keeping you right here. And um, that was where it all started. Wow. Did it feel sort of unconditional? 
It, like unconditional love? Uh, it felt like I was drowning in joy. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was like the most pure oxygen you could possibly breathe. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand it. And I was like, okay. And, um, I learned later on that my relationship with Christ was not a light switch, mm-hmm. but more like a flower that mm-hmm. had to be watered and sh- given sunshine and love. Mm-hmm. And it would eventually bloom. Mm-hmm. And my Bible study and the fellowship with the women mm-hmm. are the ones that taught me where to go in the Bible and where to go mm-hmm. for hope and for love and for joy and for all of these things. And, and they taught me what, new identity is Mm. and it was there that I was able to learn what my new identity was Mm -hmm. and how to embrace that Mm. that is so cool so really then you started surrounding yourself with the right people so you sought them out Mm -hmm. and and I think that's what I love about your story is it it's the church done right in a, in a lot of ways, right? <laughs> you know, because there's a lot of churches that that may not, and it maybe there's someone out there that they're like, oh, I didn't have, you know, I went to church and I did feel disdain mm-hmm. or I did feel that that there's such a difference. We're all human, right? We're mm-hmm. all fallen. And so if someone did experience that, I just want to encourage them, don't give up because there are people, because the best of the church is still out there. Yes. There are loving people that are out there. There are people that, um, that are, you know, the older, your older mentor lady that came, you know, Jerry, when she, when she came in and she, she lovingly, um, encouraged you in the word and, and encouraged you and, yes. and, and, and loved you. And, and that's for you. I think that's what you needed. Um, you needed that balance of someone just encouraging you and loving you. And, and it, you know, and Sean was kind of back there kind of doing a little bit more of the challenge piece of it. Mm-hmm. But being able to, you know, you are a very driven person. Would you say that that's true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ex-law student, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, yes. And so that drive, isn't it great how God in a sense, turn that drive towards him. Yes. Once, even though you might not have had that that light bulb moment, but the drive was mm-hmm. there. The drive for, I have a seed and I'm going to go and I'm going to find where it needs to be watered. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take care of that seed. Yes. Because that seed was that God, God hole, mm-hmm. right? That you were talking about. And so once you started filling it with the right thing, mm-hmm. then almost that became that, oh, this is what this is about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and those women that were in that Bible study, and, um, and I absolutely love those women because I, I know them, um, that they started coming around you and just, you just got like, basically isn't one, when I, they were like, okay, we need new leaders. Oh, Lauren, PS, by the way, go ahead. You're a leader. <laughs> yeah. You're a leader of, you know, you've gone through a couple of different studies, you know, this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and they just rose you up in, in that, in that study. That they, that's so cool. They did. They lifted me up and they truly exemplified, you know, where, where the Bible tells us the old is gone you are Mm. a new creation Mm -hmm. and so it was just literally like lauren this dust off your shoulders is gone yeah this is the new you and this is what the new you does (laughs) (laughs) this is what the new i love that yeah and so i i was like okay well all right and i did it because i just have that 
that take a chance, you know, mm-hmm. whereas there were so many, so many things that were killed inside of me mm-hmm. with my past, there were still things that were alive. Mm-hmm. And with that seed and with, you know, they taught me that Christ is the well. Mm-hmm. And whenever you're empty, you have to refill. And that's mm-hmm. daily, periodically, mm-hmm. that's, you know, hourly, some, you know, every morning that, mm-hmm. you know, you spend with the Lord, but he will refill you. Mm-hmm. And that's where I can go and take and pour out onto others. And then I learn, well, if I'm going to pour out onto others, then I have to refill so mm-hmm. I can keep pouring. And that's where I learned the concept. And then mm-hmm. you just lift one another up and you keep going back. And before I knew it, I was leading, you know, small groups and Bible studies. And and they used to always say, Lauren, you're so raw. And I said, well, I started out this way. <laughs> yeah. I started out coming in here telling you guys, like, this is what my past is. And so now I tell everyone that because... I can walk in the light mm-hmm. and I can walk in truth and tell people that you are not your past, especially mm. whenever you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's some people look at me in such disbelief and they're like, there's no way I can't, I cannot believe that that was you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, it was. Yeah, exactly. And what I love about every time you tell your story, every time you live in your identity, there's a little piece of you that that shame and guilt and all that mm-hmm. and condemnation that you could possibly have. It's like it, 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 it becomes more and more of a distance of who mm-hmm. you were and it sheds more and more light on it and it provides more and more hope for other people. I think that shame and guilt is a huge thing. I, I don't know about other women, but it's a huge thing for me as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of women just, you know, the condemnation and shame that Satan truly does want Mm -hmm. to condemn us and to shame us and to say, you know, you're not worthy or to say you are the negative things in your past. You Mm -hmm. are what you've done is who you are. Mm -hmm. And so how then, how would you, what would you say to someone that maybe didn't have the past that you've, you've had, Mm -hmm. but what was it, what was it about that you decided one day you truly did say, you know what? I am a new creation, you know, mm-hmm. that the old is gone and I am a new creation and I'm going to walk in that. Mm-hmm. And how did that not come back? Cause there's a part of this that, you know, a lot of that, you know, I, I'm sure that there's, you know, pieces of, you know, that you're tempted to kind of regress or, or whatever. And Satan kind of gets in your head just like everybody else. Right. So that's actually a really good topic because Satan and the enemy are always at work. Matter of fact, and I think I've told you this before, but whenever I gave my life to Christ and asked him to come in my heart and be my savior, I would almost say that the enemy's attacks on me Mm. doubled. Mm. They were, you know, it was so funny. The more and more I was embracing, embracing my new identity and the more I was going to the, to the Lord, the more my past was coming up Mm. and the more I would see, and you know, with social media and all of the different things and the technology Mm -hmm. that's progressed in the, in the world today is you constantly see those Facebook reminders or you see people that you used to, Oh, well there's some old law school buddies and wow, they're really accomplished attorneys right Mm. now. And you could be there, Mm. but you're not. And Oh, this is what you used to have, but you're not. Mm. And you know, look at what so-and-so has and, and all of that constantly does come up. And so the great thing about being in Christ is that you do have to equip yourself. Mm. And Ephesians even mm-hmm. even tells us that we have the armor of God and that you have your fellowship with your sisters that are able to lift you up and remind you mm-hmm. of that. Because it's really easy to forget if you don't keep going back and you don't turn to him, even whenever you're like, wow, just even on my way here. Uh, I see something on the road and I'm immediately reminded of my past. And I knew that I had this interview with you and I started thinking about all of these memories Mm -hmm. 
And then I realized what was going on and I had to claim it in the name of Jesus. Mm. Like Satan, you need to get out of my head. Mm -hmm. I know what you're doing. Mm. You are trying to come and destroy my morning. You were trying to take my thoughts captive and you Mm -hmm. can't have them. Mm. And so I have to turn to Christ. But whenever I know that in my head that I can do that, you know, they talk about head knowledge and heart knowledge. Mm -hmm. So whenever I can recognize in my head what he's doing, I can use what's in my heart to fight it. Oh, that's good. That is awesome. Yes. So, okay. So fighting it, fighting that renewing of your mind, Mm -hmm. you know, how we're supposed to renew our mind. And that is that daily or, you know, that's, it's a, consistent relationship with Christ. And Mm -hmm. it's a consistency of being able to say, okay, how do I train my brain when it wants to veer off and it wants to be even, you know, even in condemnation or shame or, or, oh, what, you know, whatever that, that negative pattern is to bring it back into Mm -hmm. focus and to bring your heart and basically saying, no, I am a new creation Mm -hmm. of Christ. I think for me, I think in the journey that kind of that, that I'm on right now, I think that being able to understand that identity in Christ. And a lot of times, you know, I, I've been talking with some other other women about just our identity in Christ. And we think, okay, my identity in Christ. Okay, so I'm a child of the king and I mm. am a blood-brought, you know, child. But there is a piece of who you are that is absolutely unique. And you have a story and you have a connection. You So the way that I would describe you, and it's so funny how I can, I can do it and I can see it in other women, but it was really hard for me to see it in myself, about what is your new identity in Christ? You are a testifier. Mm-hmm. You testify of God's redemption. And that is something that as your identity in Christ, that is who you are. It could be, but that's a uniqueness about you because you have a ministry to women that, um, tell us a little bit about, and I I don't want to go too, too, too long in this, but, but wings, talk about wings and talk about how God has been able to use that. You're like the poster child for, you know, so I'll give you a little bit of history. Uh, I want to say five years ago when I was in the middle of my uh, addiction, I was once sitting on a curb and I had been on a binge. I had, you know, been on a, like a five day bender and Sean, my friend mm-hmm. at the time had once asked me and I was breaking down. I was mm-hmm. having a moment and he looked at me and he said, Lauren, where do you see yourself in five years? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to do with your life? And I just looked at him and I had, you know, tear soaked face. And I just said, I just want to help people (laughs) like me. Nobody understands me. No Mm. one knows how alone I am. Let's let's fast forward some. Um, I had just, you know, I had started volunteering in the church and I had gone to a uh, women meeting at the well event. Mm -hmm. And it was Mm -hmm. for all the ministries. And I ran into Kate Callen and Mm. Kathy Wortham of Wings and I learned that they minister to women who are in rehab or prison mm-hmm. and they are trying to do better with their lives and they teach them life skills. Mm. And most of them are drug addicts or victims of sex trafficking. And so I started, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I had seen their flyer in the library prior mm-hmm. to that. And something had spoken to me. It was just a yellow piece of paper, mm-hmm. but I just felt something stir in my heart. And the next thing you know, is I'm meeting this, these women and I'm going out to volunteer. And let me tell you something, Amy, the place where I volunteer now is now mm-hmm. just a few blocks down from that place where I had the breakdown five years ago wow. saying, I want to help women that are people that are like me. And here I am helping people that are in the spot where I once stood. So I'm able to go and tell them, 
how funny the world works and how awesome our God is and how we don't ever know his plan and how it's so much fun to see it play out and mm-hmm. just to have hope in that because mm-hmm. we can look at our past and look at all of the miracles that he performs and know that we stand in his truth mm-hmm. in that. And so Wings is amazing. Uh, we we teach them uh, life skills and how to enter back into society and it's all faith-based. Mm-hmm. So we, we show them, you know, the love of Christ and, and, try to tell them that they are not who they once were or mm. they are not who that people tell them that they are mm-hmm. and that they too can have a new a new love in Christ. Oh, that's such a miracle. So you're basically being able to you've seen now. Wow. So 5 years from where you were mm-hmm. to you are helping other women. Yes. And in the middle of all your pit of destruction, of self-destruction and all that stuff, God has redeemed that. And that is just, that's one of the, that's why your story matters. I absolutely love it and love you. And I'm so glad that you came on yes, and you. that we got to, that I got to share your story because it truly is an amazing, yes. an amazing one. Thank you so much. Thank you. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.